Hello and welcome to the Say Yes Movement Podcast with Heather and John. Hey Heather, how's it going? It's going good, John. It's a happy Monday. It's a good morning. It is, it is. Um, you know, I actually got out this morning, went for another swim. That's where I left off on Friday, was just going for a swim. And good morning, good gin. I know you're there. Um, yeah, it's it's been it's been good. It's you know, happy belated Mother's Day to all the women out there that uh, hopefully had a great, great, great Sunday. Got to enjoy hopefully a little bit of a time off and, and just got to enjoy the day with family. You um, know, I want to hear about your swim, and I want to I want to talk about your swim um, in the lake because uh, that was yeah. kind of neat. But I also want to do a shout out for Mother's Day and just. You know, Mother's Day to me is so much more than just your mother. It's all the women figures that have lended support, guidance, you know, those big hugs along the way. And, you know, I'm an aunt, I'm not a mom, but uh, I consider that my day too. And, you know, it's just really special to say thank you to the women that have produced life and, you know, supported us all along the way. So happy Mother's Day to everyone. And, uh, <laughs> You know, remember, it's not just on Mother's Day that we can make those days special for someone. So that's. Yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely. You know, as you're saying that, Heather, you know, my mom's no longer with us. So I got to, I went to the cemetery. I went to go visit her. But, uh, you know, every day should be a Mother's Day, right? Like, just mm -hmm. take the moment to appreciate what's in front of you because you never know when it might be the last day. And, um, you know, delivering flowers or cleaning up, you know, I was cleaning up her little spot there. And, um, you know, it, it's interesting because mom's voices, no matter where you are in your life, at what point, you can still hear the wisdom, the advice, all the, the knowledge that they had that they passed on to you. It's still there. And I was sitting there, on, like I actually went on Saturday and I could hear, you know, it's almost like we were having like a, a small conversation. It was because the conversations are still there. They're still in your head. Right. So, you know, they're still with us, you know. Whether or not they're with us, they're still with us. So something they're to think about. Us. Yeah, something to think about as you're going through your day, your week. So Heather, um, yes. So we had a few different things that showed up for us on Friday, and uh, one of those things was me jumping into Georgian Bay. I believe it was. Yeah. Yeah, Georgian um, Bay. <laughs> so just to yeah, sorry. Go ahead. No, well, first of all, I think you're crazy jumping in the water because I think it was zero degrees just six, over. It was, six it was like it six, was degrees. six degrees. Okay, so like that's practically zero. It's so freaking cold. I put my, my hands in and I was like, no way, no way, no way. Now, you did have a wetsuit, but this is really important to you that you do this because mm -hmm. your, your actual Ironman is in just two weeks. And why is it important that you do an open water? Because you've been practicing in the pool and you're swimming. So what's the difference between open water and the pool if for someone yeah. that doesn't swim? Yeah, yeah, great point. I just want to take a second and say good morning, Mo. Thank you for joining us. Um, yeah, no, what's really important for what was important for me, A, was just to get climatized to being back in my suit. So I've been training, yes, I've been training all winter long uh, in the pool, which is different from being in open water. Number one, it's never as cold. And I go in the warm pool, like where I go, the, the gym has two pools. They have a warm pool and a regular temperature pool. I like the warm water. I was there this morning. The other part was just getting used to and just being climatized to being in a wet suit. So if you've never been in a wetsuit and, and people's, you know, it's interesting because people, I think, have a misconception around wetsuits. Wetsuits let the water in. 
right? So that's why it's called a wetsuit. And then a dry suit is one that's fully zippered up where if you're a scuba diver and you have a dry suit, there's no water that comes into your suit. So a wetsuit lets the water in. And what happens, the film between your body and the suit actually warms up and that's what keeps you warm. So it was getting used to a being in colder water, right? Like just being in open water, getting used to the suit, trying out, you know, the outfits that I'm going to be wearing underneath on the day of the event, because your shorts and your, uh, there's things that you're already wearing. So when you take off your wetsuit, you just go on to the next portion of the event, which is the bike, right? So just getting used to all of that, because I haven't trained in any of that, right? Throughout the winter, and I've done, you know, I've gone to the gym, I've done transitions from the pool to the bike to the run, but I haven't done anything outside like that. And um, it, it was quite the experience. I lasted 24 minutes in the water, I believe. And uh, it definitely woke me up. It took a good, I think, an, a good half hour afterwards to just de-thaw. <laughs> from, from the water, my face was numb, my hands were numb, my feet were numb. Um, but overall, it was just something that really, really wakes you up. So if, if, you, if you need or you feel like you're lacking some energy, go jump in a lake. Like, that'll wake you up. Well, I think what was really neat to watch and to just be on the shore and uh, as your safety net, although we didn't do our safety protocol properly ahead of time, which, you know, as we think about planning for these things, all, all the minute details, and then you just jump in the water and we forgot to do what the safety protocol is, but that's okay. You take two is, is, is a much better better place but it, it shows you how much prep work goes in because you're actually trying on your clothes you're trying on the outfits you now know that you're going to do a different outfit because it was too much compression so mm -hmm. you know, all these small little details have you your brain knowing what to expect and if your brain knows what to expect then it can actually just implement and not wonder is this the right answer or anything like that and, you know before you jumped in the lake you you said to me i might not last too long mm -hmm. and and i'm like oh like he's he and I thought to myself, well, he's already his brain is already negotiating mm -hmm. because it's so cold. And yet you played the race of the mindset because that that, you know, getting in the water is a mindset. So tell me a little bit about like you you actually said that beforehand and then you still stayed in the water for 24 minutes. So what happened in between those two moments that you used as a process to get past that holy shit moment? Yeah, no, and listen, I know you saw it, right? You and Patrick were there supporting me through this. And yes, listen, let's just preface this. The lake that I jumped into was pretty much waist high the whole time. So from a safety perspective, it's always about precaution, making sure you take the right steps. Knowing that I could stand up at any point was part of my safety net. So that's that's what kind of that's what gave me um, oh man, what's the word I'm looking for? It, it gave me the sense of safety because I knew that, right? Um, so you're right, you know, going in, I'm like, oh man, like I felt the water, I felt there, my, my, my feet were like starting, you know, when it's so cold, if anybody's ever taken a nice bath, you know, it's it kind of feels like needles are pricking your, like pricking your body, right? And that's what it felt like when I got into the water and you saw this, right? Like as you guys were watching from the shore, the first few minutes, I couldn't keep my face underwater because it was just so painful in my face. Like I, it, it was more than just a a cold shower it just like it was painful like it felt like there were needles everywhere and once I got used to just being uncomfortable and I think that's it right you know even when you get up on stages and you speak as soon as you feel like you're you know you're uncomfortable you're in that place where you're uncomfortable you can actually be more free 
So being in the water, I just got comfortable with being uncomfortable. And things started to numb. <laughs> I think that helped. And I didn't feel the cold on my face. And I didn't feel my face anymore. I didn't feel my hands or my feet either. But uh, that just allowed me to go. And I knew, and here's the thing that really got me past, you know, I'm just going to last a few minutes, was knowing that if I could do this on race day, things are just going to get a little bit easier. So that preparation that happens, you know, and you think about, you know, if you're, if you're doing that talk, you know, the things that we talked about last week in our masterclass, you know, if you do the preparation ahead of time, if you can anticipate, if you can, it's not fooling your brain because you're putting yourself into a place where you've already done it, but now you're doing it in a different place. That's what's going to ensure success for you. At least you know how it feels to be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, it, it almost reminded me of the first race I did last year in June, where the water was 16 degrees, which was three times more than what it was <laughs> this past weekend. And that was a shock, right? And it was, I was in the suit for the first time. I didn't know what it was going to feel like. like the all, and then anxiety and fear and all these things just kicked in. And then there's just a moment where you just like, You just breathe, you relax, you get into it and say, look, you know, this is not bad. We're going to get through it. And that self-talk again, right? Like, what am I saying to myself? You know, the more I practice here, the easier to be on race day. And that's the thing that kept me going. Just This is going to be, and there's somebody watching me. So if anything ever happened, uh, you know, maybe Loki would jump in the water and pull me out. (laughs) I don't know, but. (laughs) My French bulldog, for everybody that doesn't know who Loki is. No, my French bulldog is like a potato. She doesn't swim. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sure it would have been fine. Like it it was, we were, I was close enough to shore that, you know, I would have been fine if I had to crawl back in. But, you know, when you put yourself into those situations ahead of time, right? So you want to make sure you're uncomfortable before you get into a place where you're really uncomfortable. That's what makes the whole experience easier. And that's what actually makes it fun. And and you've seen firsthand what happens if you don't do that practice mm, because your first race, what happened to like 50% of the, of the participants? (laughs) Well, I think I shared this with you, but I didn't, I haven't really shared the story. So the first race I did last year was in Milton. The water was 16 degrees Celsius and people weren't anticipating how cold it was going to be. Like it's one thing to see the sign that says 16 degrees. It's another to actually experience 16 degrees which is really the average temperature of your fridge. So, you know, things inside your fridge are around 14 to 16 degrees Celsius. So when I got into the water, that initial shock, that really something Bob, uh, Bob Proctor calls a terror barrier, right? Like all these emotions, these fears, they kick in and they start to take over. And what I saw was people getting into like anxious states, right? Places mm. where they were at high levels of stress, anxiety like you saw it on their face and it's and i felt it too right for a moment i felt like i was gonna drown in the water because i was like in such a uh, state of panic and what i ended up doing i remember the advice of one of the people i met earlier he said just this this is your race do your thing and just relax and get into it but other people they ended up getting pulled out of the water Right. They got they went all that way. They trained, you know, probably all winter long to get to this place. And then they just got pulled out of the water because they weren't ready mentally just to take a second. They didn't I think, train their brain. Yes. Yeah, you didn't train your brain. It is one thing to train your body when you're getting into these activities and doing these things. The other part, which really nobody talks about, is training your brain as you're going through it. And really that's what the practice is, right? Like when you get into 
the habit of going out for rides and you're doing your runs, you're in the process of also mentally training yourself. And it's what you say to yourself that gives you the energy, the power to keep going. And I saw it this weekend. I went for a, a, a bike ride on Saturday where there were moments where it's like, you know, I think I could just stop and just take a break, but what's that going to do for me? Mm -hmm. On race day, there aren't going to be any breaks. I just got to keep going. There's not going to be stop signs, at least that I know of, right? Like, so you just got to keep going, keep pedaling, right? Keep well, stroke, like do your stroke, do your percent. Yeah, keep your foot one in front of the other, right? I, I just love this analogy because, you know, we're talking about, you know, your race and, you know, uh, many, many people will not do an Ironman in their lifetime. You're in the already in the 1% elite group of people that have decided to do that. But the skills and the process of success is transferable for anything that you're doing for the first time. You know, we mm -hmm. want to train our brain. We want to practice, practice, practice. And we want to make sure that we're not having that terror barrier. You know, I, my friends came down up to the lake and they wanted to do a polar plunge. So I'm like, yeah, let's do a polar plunge. And honestly, like that terror barrier came for me, like <laughs> at, my, at my thighs and my feet. I'm like, I can't feel my feet. This is dangerous. I'm out. And yet I know the next time I do it, I will be able to go even further because I now know what that feels like. But the first time I felt it, I didn't know what it felt like. And we've seen people do the same thing the first time they get up on stage because they haven't done the practice. And mm -hmm. you know, on Thursday, we did an amazing mastermind to talk about being a confident communicator. Speaking on a stage is actually one of those terror, like terror barrier moments <laughs> for people. But when you, know, when you practice, 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 this is where you can get past that and train your brain to know, oh, this is just, this is just this. You know, I love traveling, love, love, love traveling. And when you're mm. traveling, even though we have GPS and all that other stuff on our phones, you get lost a lot. And every time I get lost, every time I get lost, this is what I say to myself. Oh, awesome. Now I can be found because you've got to get to that place that you're lost in order to be found. And the same sort of methodology is in a race, in a terror barrier, in a moment where you're feeling completely uncomfortable, you can just say to yourself, oh, this is what uncomfortable feels like. Mm. Let me sit with that for a moment. It's not forever. It's going to end and that's okay. So there's just so much gold in that, John. So much <laughs> you know, uh, transferable knowledge for people that are also doing things for the first time. It doesn't have to be a race. It's just following that, that success pattern that you've yeah. done. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, wow. no, and yeah, and and listen, it, it it wasn't something that just happened, right? It wasn't something that I just, yeah, let's go do this. And so a part of it, and I think you and I, we've talked about this, is really immersing yourself in whatever it is you're getting into, right? It's one thing to think about it, and you know, we, my good friend Gujin is listening right now, and it's one thing to think about getting up on a stage and speaking, and it's another to go do it. And mm. even if you totally bomb, and here's the thing, right? Even if you totally bomb, you're still going to take something away from it. It's going to do one of two things. It's either going to keep you going because you want to get better, or you're going to stop because you're like, ah, I can't do this, right? But what I realized, and actually I saw this, and I saw it more so, and I know you spoke on the Fearless Voices stage, but when I was running the Fearless Voices events, I would see people who got up on stage for the first time and got up there and delivered a message. They faced their terror barrier head on and they broke through it. And what that did for them is it just, it changed their life and put them on a completely different trajectory. Like there, it, it, there's almost like a sense of relief that comes from facing the thing that scares you the most. 
And yes. when you do that, it, yeah, it, it puts you in a completely different place in life, right? And and I so I've been following a lot of the speakers that have spoken on my stages. And can I tell you, like, wow, right? Like, this has blown me away. People who were shy, some of them introverted, some who, you know, never had that voice that projected out into the world are now projecting out into the world. And now that we're five years or six years after the fact, like you start to see what kind of impacts that has. So when you face the biggest fears that you have, the biggest things that you've never done before, but you want to do and you're not sure how to do them, you know, when you immerse yourself in that, that's when things really start to change. That's when you start to change as a person, you know, that they, uh, I call it your comfort zone, right? You start to build out your comfort zone starts to expand and you start to grow, right? Because I know well, you, you, yeah, uh, go ahead. Tell no, me. and fear and anxiety only live in the future, like thinking about mm. that thing. But it doesn't, it doesn't happen in the moment. Like, John, you weren't fearful about being in the water. You were, you were just swimming and you're like, how far mm -hmm. can I get? And you were being present in the moment. You're present with all of the feelings, the emotional feelings and the physical feelings. But you weren't fearful of, I wonder if this is, you know, in fact, you're probably saying to yourself, it'll be warmer on race day because it'll be 16 <laughs> degrees. So walk in the park. This is perfect. Yeah. No, train your brain to get past that barrier. The other side of it is absolutely beautiful. And then your brain can just activate itself for whatever those difficult moments are. So, you know, we, we talk about practice, 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 but practice so much that your brain just goes, oh, this is what we're doing. And just, yeah. Sends you on success pattern. And that is the beauty of everything in life. It, it really is a success pattern for life. So John, thank you for sharing that story. I think uh, we're all going to be rooting for you and can't wait to hear about your stories. It's, it's just weeks away now. Um, but uh, we're gonna, I'm going to take this away to, you know, what's that terrier barrier for myself? And mm -hmm. what am I going to do the next time it comes up? And actually, well, how am I going to put myself into a place that it comes up so that I am growing? Yeah. Yeah. And, and it, yeah, no, absolutely. You know, you'll know it. You'll know what the terror barrier is once you face it. And it's like, you know, you, you got two choices. You can keep going and, you know, deal with the uncertainty that's going to be in front of you or you can turn back. But here's my mm -hmm. advice, you know, for anybody who's listening, if you get to that place, just keep going because it's going to be way better on the other side of it. And every mm -hmm. fear, every every anxious moment that you have in and around it, you're going to realize it doesn't really mean anything. Because once you're on the other side, it's like, oh, it was like, how many times have we been there, right? Like, how many times have you done something and you've broken through and you get to the other side? It's like, oh, that wasn't that bad. <laughs> like, I think we've all seen that, right? Whether we've, you know, hopped into roles that we've never taken on before, doing, you know, a crazy activity, being up on stages. Whatever that is, you know, once you get through it and you actually finally do it, you get to the other side and it's like, hmm, wasn't that bad. So this is why it's important to actually think beyond the goal, right? Think on the other side of it once you do the completion, not the part where you're going through it, right? And we've seen this and we've talked about this where yeah. we've seen people train for marathons and they're thinking about how tough it's going to be. They're thinking about, you know, the, the wall at the 30K mark. And these are all the things that they're feeling inside of themselves as they're doing and preparing for these races. But when you see yourself crossing the finish line, getting to the other side of the finish line, that just makes the whole experience better. All right. So Heather, what's our, what's our activity for today? What's our, what's our takeaway? 
Well, you know what? I would sit down and I would think, what, when have I ever hit that terrier barrier in my life? And just journal about that moment. And you'll see that what we just explained has been true for you as well. And then think about the future and what's some, one thing that you could do to activate the terrier barrier mm. in yourself and then who can help you get there? So reach out to someone that has already done it before and ask them for some advice. So I, I think those are the, the three takeaways or the three things to do. So think about your own life. When has it come up for you? What is it that you could do in the future that would activate that terror barrier? And then find someone that's already done it so that you can actually ask for some advice. And we'll get you moving towards the best version of yourself. So I think that's our call to action for this week, John. Yeah, no, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay, with that, I can't believe we're already at time and we're at 9 a.m. So I'm just going to say thank you for everybody for jumping in and listening today. And remember, when you shift your mindset, you shift your life. Wishing you all an amazing Monday and we'll be back on Wednesday. Take care, everybody. Ciao.